Hi everyone, welcome back to the How Did You Learn to Do That podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today for another episode. And today we actually have an episode with two of my friends, Roshni. What's your last name? <laughs> She's not my friend. Um, <laughs> she has two. I don't know which one you go by. It's Roshni Sakrani. Roshni Sakrani. There's there's the real one and then the Facebook one, so I get confused. <laughs> and uh, Victoria Sinclair. Um, and these are two of my friends. And we're missing one, Priyanka. She unfortunately couldn't be here, but we do miss her and are thinking of her. But these are two friends that I've made in the last year and a half since having my daughter. And they, Roshni also has a daughter named Anaya. And Victoria also has a, a son named Caleb. So we all met um, around the same time. And we've basically raised our kids together. We see each other and hang out often and have been a great support to each other um, throughout the last year and a half. And Priyanka has a daughter named Malia, who also we've been um, hanging out with and have grown with as well. So I actually wanted this episode to be a little bit about what it was like to become a parent because we talk a lot about becoming, being parents, um, having kids, but there's a lot more that goes into it and surrounding yourself with supportive women, moms and dads and families that can encourage you and support you throughout the process because you're all generally going through the same thing. Um, it's been amazing that we've been able to find each other and support each other through that. So I wanted to share, um, I wanted Roshni and Victoria to share their insights on what it was like to become a parent, the challenges, the surprises, the great things, the bad things, everything in between. Um, and yeah, so I uh, we're just on a family, our first annual family vacation um, in Harrison Hot Springs, BC. So I totally roped them into doing this podcast <laughs> with me. <laughs> okay. And we're trying to do this while the kids are still napping. All right, so I'll start off by... Um, asking you and you can kind of one of you can go and then the other one doesn't matter but um, I guess what was when you were when you found out you were pregnant what's the biggest thing you were looking forward to in becoming a mom the cuddles the cuddles <laughs> um, you go looking forward to having a little baby to snuggle and live life with with a small little family yeah yeah I was I just always wanted kids so I I think I like it was a complete surprise. I found out at work um, a week before I was supposed to um, go on a vacation to Thailand. So um, it was definitely a mix of emotions, but I, uh, I don't know. I, it, it's been great so far. So I'm excited to raise him. Yeah. 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 I also wanted the cuddles and the <laughs> ability to, I guess, like more of a little human being to go out into the world also. Right. And so, and so when, once you did become a mom, what was initially like right when they were born, what was the biggest thing that you learned right off the bat? Uh, like the little things that you take for granted are, um, you no longer take for granted, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like showering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Showering yeah. is huge. Uh, for me specifically is, I don't, I don't think I had anything in my, my mind, but we got off to a rocky start because we had an emergency C-section and the first few moments was, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, carry on, on, carry on. and the first few moments were 
quite interesting just figuring out what it means to be a mom and how to breastfeed and if I was doing it right or you know why my baby wouldn't my newborn baby wouldn't sleep through the night and just understanding that our lives just changed and managing the new world of being a mom was a lot yeah it, it was both chaotic but wonderful at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. For me too, it was it was a bit rocky because we. I also had an emergency C-section, and I guess my biggest thing was um, the fact that I had to care for the child while I just had major surgery, major abdominal surgery. So it was a challenge because I, I felt like I should be resting the whole time and not having to do anything else. But to rest and take care of a child, it, it was a bit intense. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that, and then like you said, the breastfeeding, keeping up with the weight, because in the first two weeks, you do have to maintain or grow their weight back to birth weight, because they do lose some weight after birth. That I think for me was the most overwhelming time. That's when I felt the most stressed. Mm -hmm. Because Amelia kept like losing weight, and I and I got her down, like she came down like 12%. And we had to, we had a public health nurse visiting every day. To oh, get her back up. That. Yeah, it took, it was like two solid weeks of like high, high stress. Yeah. Yeah, no, Caleb ate, he doesn't eat well now, but he ate fine when he was a newborn. <laughs> he loves the milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sure does. Yeah. And so, um, so since um, all of our kids are now about 19 and a half months, almost, actually, Anaya is 20 months now. Yeah. Anaya uh, is 20 months. So in the last 19 and a half to 20 months, what's the, what are some of the biggest, um, things that have happened that you've loved. I don't, I don't think that there's enough time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're little personalities. Like I love watching them grow and experience everything for the first time because it feels like you're experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. Which is really nice. I like that. And I don't know, you go. <laughs> uh, really teaching new experiences to my daughter and just watching light bulbs go off or her just making connections in her brain about you know cats and dogs or animals and what sounds they make and watching her eat and become independent on her own understand how to do things for herself learning more about her personality and how she interacts with other people has been interesting too so those those are really the biggest things that I've enjoyed so far. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think too. Yeah, just seeing how their brain grows. For me, the biggest thing is just realizing that you literally are the one to teach your kid everything. Um, everything. And we were talking about this last night, actually, that we have to, you have to teach your child how to sleep. Um, even the art of learning how to fall asleep on their own. That's something you have to teach your kid. And to me, that was the most surprising because I always, because, uh, you know, obviously we sleep, however, because yeah, we're yeah, yeah. adults now, but we never thought someone had to teach us to sleep, right? And so for me, that was huge because it was a moment where I was like, wow, I have to literally teach this child everything um, that she would know. And so I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. But I just absolutely loved being her teacher and her guide um, and getting her to learn all those things over the last 18, 19 months now. I'm still stuck at 18 months. I, right. I just stopped there. I keep thinking she's 18 months. <laughs> yeah. So what, is, what were some of the biggest challenges? Ch ongoing challenge is um, like meals. Meals are hard because they'll like something one day and then hate it the next day. So um, that's been definitely a big challenge. And obviously sleep. Um, they 
their babies sleep in a crib where um, I still co-sleep because I love the cuddles, <laughs> but, but uh, it's time, it's time for the crib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tori's a saint because uh, Caleb loves his mama, so she she does lay with him for um, about twenty minutes or so yeah, yeah. Um, until he falls asleep. So she is a saint. Um, <laughs> whereas Roshni and I were ready to get our kids into their own beds like right away. <laughs> we were ready to have our sleep back. For me, the biggest challenge we had a lot of challenges. It really depends on how you look at things. Um, from that get go, breastfeeding was a little harder for me than may have been for others. Um, latching and then sleeping. That was another challenge. Then we had, you know, I sometimes want the boob and then only wants the bottle and we had these strikes and then we had colic. And I think understanding more about my mental health during that time was really a big thing for me. Um, immediately after having a C-section, I remember I went and I weighed myself and okay. I, I, I just wanted to see like, you know, how much left I had to go to, you know, get to my previous, you know, body weight. And I didn't realize how I was looking at things and how toxic it was until much later when I started shifting my mentality about my own body and life itself and just being happy and advocating for who I am now and what I look like versus what I was like a year ago. So there were quite a few challenges, but I think that they've definitely taught me an experience in itself um, and to not think, take things for granted. Um, so lots of challenges, but lots of great learnings and lessons. You actually take me to my next question, which was what, what, what were some of those um, things that you had to learn to accept um, that completely changed for you as a mom and um, in, in the way you lived, um, the way your social life became, your, your you talked about your body, your body, your mental um, health. How, what were some of those things that changed and then how did you, how were you able to actually cope with that? I would say I'm probably still struggling with the body thing. It's, it's a huge change. Like it's like a completely new body. <laughs> So I, I'm working on like accepting it, but still like um, focusing on, you know, eating healthy and exercising and making time for myself because I feel like um, with having a new baby in your life, um, everything changes, right? So you have to learn to go with the punches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, for me specifically, I think it was more about changing the way I look at things. I had these narratives about, oh, what will people think of me? Or what if I'm not attractive enough? What if my husband doesn't love me anymore? When all of those things may not have been true. So I was setting myself up to fail. So I think as soon as I realized that, that I was making things worse than they actually were and started letting go of things, that's when I started breaking those walls down and accepting things for what they were. Mm -hmm. um, with regards to friends, I think my friends, my social circle has changed. I still have a lot of single friends that I matters to spend time with. I think our life experiences are different and sometimes it's hard to relate, but I'm able to compartmentalize and adjust to, you know, who my, who I'm with and um, maybe what things we discuss. Maybe I won't discuss my child for like an hour. Yeah. We'll catch up on life itself, but um, yeah, it's, that. <laughs> <me too. laughs> yeah. It's, been, it's been quite hard, but um, I think it's just managing the two together. Mm -hmm. I actually feel like I had a bit of a uh, a bit of an opposite. I feel more confident in my body because, um, because I just, I always, um, because I have PCOS. So I always have had a bit of a weight on me. Um, uh, and with PCOS, you, you end up developing like a tummy, like a belly because of the insulin, um, 
resistance that's similar to like diabetes. It reacts the same, but it's not diabetes. But um, because I had a bit of a belly, and it's obviously not as, as much as it was now, but um, I feel like I had no excuse for it and no reason for it. But after I had a kid, I was like, okay, yes, now I can tell people I have a mom, I have a kid, I had a kid, that's why I have the belly, you know? It like kind of gave me justification. But, um, but in the same token, I think being a mom and um, everything, and then, you know, we've lo- talked a lot about, you know, following people like the Birth Papaya or other um, women on social media that are empowering and mindful. I recently started following Raw Beauty Talks, and she does a great job of this as well. And, um, you know, they just talk about being confident in your body and, like, don't be ashamed of yourself, of your stretch marks, of you know, your, your, your skin, um, anything like that. And so for me, I just really have taken that and realized that, um, you know, I love my daughter unconditionally without any expectation of her to maintain a certain body or anything. And so I want her to know that her mom also loves herself that same way. And I want Emilia, when she becomes a mom to love herself the same way as I would like to love myself. So I've spent a lot of time really trying to be accepting of my body, but, and the way I am, but it is challenging. It is something so hard because your life totally changes. Um, you know, but the one thing I am proud of is my battle wound, my C-section scar. Yeah. I think it makes me look really badass. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you feel the same way. That, but. Yeah. It's one, yeah. So it's, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Tori didn't have a C-section. So, um, yeah, but she does definitely sure. love she's a badass for that <laughs> yeah yeah uh when i asked for the epidural it was too late so it wasn't yeah time. i just found out last night it was all natural did you know that <laughs> she didn't have a epidural i didn't know that yeah, no epidural that's crazy uh, I had, that's like, insane gas, but... <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't like, recommend it like... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad yeah. it was worth it for sure <laughs> Yeah, I was actually just telling Tori last night that um, when I was in between whether I should get an epidural or not, just before I, before I even knew I was having a C-section, this little English nurse was like asking me, she goes, would you get, would you ever have a natural tooth extraction at the dentist? And I was like, no. And I instantly changed my mind. I was like, I'm getting the epidural because I'm not having a natural tooth extraction at the dentist either. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um and in terms of, I know we talked just talk about body, but what about like adjusting to being a mom and, and just having your whole life change? Because, you know, being a mom, your priority ends up being your child. And sometimes that means um, the old life they used to live of being carefree or being able to just kind of run out the door at any time, um, you know, not having to worry about naps or bedtime or making another meal or um, being able to kind of see your friends and how you interact with them and all that. How has that changed for you as being moms now? Um, I think it, it's a huge lifestyle change and a learning experience. Like, um, it's all about balance. Like I'm really learning how to balance like my, my own needs and uh, Caleb's and still like my relationships and everything. It's, it's a lot. I'm still working on it. Um, so we're at 19 months, my daughter's 19 or 20 months now. Um, I would say that the first 17 months was just me not figuring out balance and it was just overdoing it, exhausting myself, not making time for the things that I wanted to do. Um, and really, again, holding myself to this unrealistic standard of like, I need to make three meals or I need to be here by this time, or my daughter needs to sleep at this time and like schedule, schedule, schedule. And while schedules are good, it really governed my life way too much. Um, 
So I only recently started prioritizing myself and putting my needs forward as well as being understanding and compassionate that I will not be able to make three or four home meals every day. And sometimes, you know, things are just going to have to be quick and easy. And it's not the end of the world if my daughter doesn't eat vegetables for one meal or doesn't have all the food groups in a day, but we'll get through it and we'll make it work. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, yeah, it's definitely changed. I mean, I, you know, one thing I said is I didn't want to be in nap jail, right? So I, you know, read up all this research and I went to a couple sleep seminars and I was like, how do I get sleeping on the go? So until my daughter was, well, I would say almost a year. It was pretty easy up until a year because she um, would have one nap in the morning, which we usually did at home. And then she'd have a second nap in the afternoon, which we usually did on the go. So that means like in the stroller, in the carrier, in the car, anything. So I wasn't having to stay home. That's what being nap jail is meaning you have to stay at home to have the nap. So that worked really well for us for up until a year. But then when she transitioned to the one nap a day, it was a longer nap. So it was about, it's about three hours. So I just physically didn't, couldn't find enough stuff to do in three hours and I didn't want to break up her nap. So then I ended up using that time for myself to relax and work on some other things in, in my business and things like that. So um, it worked out perfectly, but the biggest challenge for me, I think, is her bedtime because she's it's sleep by seven. So my husband and I are home, um, and obviously after seven, I'm like, let's go out, let's go on a date, let's go do this and that. And that's been a challenge, even though we are lucky and fortunate enough to have lots of family. But it's a challenge because by that time, by bedtime, we're we're done, we're we're pooped Exhausting. from the day. Uh, we, you know, I've talked about this before. We are both trying to transition to become early risers because then we're more energetic at 5 a.m. than we are at 8 p.m. And you guys can probably relate to that, right? Because once they're in bed, you want to be like, just do an hour of mind numbing stuff yeah. and then go to sleep too. Yeah, totally. Just chill on the couch. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what Roche's I'm talking about. Roche Roche is the best because she goes to bed at 9.30. Uh, whereas what? Tori and I, yeah, every night. Can you it? And Tori and I are the ones that are like burning the midnight oil oh, and yeah. paying for it in the morning. So true. <laughs> but it's, it's changed since COVID. We've been sleeping at like 10.30 now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm sleeping until 6.15, maybe not 5 a.m. because there's no commute anymore. But I wouldn't say that I'm super energetic in the morning, but I am pretty chipper. I think the walks help. Like I, I go for walks in the morning, and that's a good way to start my day. Yeah, it makes me more energetic for the day, and like definitely think things through. Yeah, yeah, and we're just so fortunate to live in a place where we could do walks. Um, we all live in the same neighborhood too, which is pretty amazing because we didn't actually know each other before we had kids. But it ends up being that we all live about five minutes from each other, um, and we have this beautiful trail that goes right through and connects all of our um, neighborhoods. And actually, we go to the one closest to Roshni's house often, which has some ducks um, mm. that the kids love in a big field. So we are very fortunate in that sense. Um, but yes, I completely agree that having a walk in the first thing in the morning really sets you up for your day. And I think having Emilia has really made me be more active outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and probably Absolutely. for you guys as well. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And so I do want to touch a little bit on um, back on becoming a mom. Um, there's a couple of different things that really shifted for us. And one was, um, our friendships and, you know, and kind of how we maintain those friendships and kind of what came out of it. And Roshni already talked about how, you know, she, she felt like she had to make an, a concerted effort not to talk about her daughter for an hour when she saw friends that didn't have children. 
Um, and I think that that's a big shift because for me as well, I, you know, realized that when I would be with my friends, I don't have kids. I, I wouldn't want to talk about my daughter, not because I didn't want to, but because again, I didn't know how they felt about it. Um, and then I came to this conclusion that, you know, as moms, sometimes we're celebrated if we're able to maintain our life before, um, you know, someone will say, oh, wow, they became a mom, but they're still able to maintain all their friends, still maintain, able to maintain their social life or this or that. But what we're not celebrated for is the fact that we, in this phase of life, we've decided to commit to our children, um, commit to this life as being a mom. It's, um, it's a lifelong journey, but this time where we're physically on 100% is so short. It's, you know, it's basically, I would say about five years, like full time, five years in an entire lifetime because rest of that time they're in school. So it's part-time parenting. Well, it's full-time parenting. You've always been parent, but for the most part, you're part-time physically. Um, and then they became, become 18 graduate high school and then they're, you don't, they don't need Bye. you anymore. No, <laughs> right? Well, they still need you for the rest of their life, but not like the way they do now. So I feel this five years until they're five years old is like the critical full-time time. So in the grand scheme of, you know, an 1800 year life, it's so short. Um, so I don't understand why women and moms in general are not celebrated for committing these five years to this part of their life. Um, and I think some moms that decide that they want to go back to work, right. Then they're also celebrated for being a working mom, um, and doing it all. But if a mom decides to just stay home and not work, they're, they're not as celebrated as much. So that's a piece that I really want to talk about because we're all a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. Now we all, we well, Roshi and I work from home. Tori is about to take, to start a new job soon, but, um, has been able to be home for 19 months. I've actually been able to be home also for 19 months. Roshi's actually the, I would say you're the only one that's really ventured off doing mm -hmm. the work and daycare thing of the three of us, um, which she can share with you because her daughter went to daycare at um, 11 months. Yeah. Right. 11 months, 11 months. So she's been doing this the longest. I've actually never had a million daycare because between my husband and I, we, one of us has been home this time. And also for Tori, we, um, they work from home. So it's just worked out that way as well. So, um, I guess we could talk about kind of what, yeah, what, what your experiences are in becoming a mom and trying to live this, understand this new perspective of yourself and, um, and how you try to manage that in your friends and circle and your social circles. Um, it's definitely been a challenge. I think, um, when you first have like a newborn baby, everyone's very excited and they want to come over and see the baby and are like, they're very invested. But, um, after a few months, you know, everyone has to go back to their own day-to-day -day lives. So, um, I think it's just about, um, like having, um, no, ex we were talking about this earlier, but having no expectations and, um, you know, I, Caleb loves all of his aunties, but, um, you know, some things that I did before having a kid, um, aren't as easy to do now. So it like, it's harder to make last minute plans, um, because, you know, you either have to bring him with you or you have to find someone to watch them. So I feel like um, sometimes when um, you're not in that position yourself, it's hard for your friends to um, to understand. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, but for the most part, I think just um, but um, yeah, no. Um, like my friends, um, like a lot of my friends actually work with children, but I think it's a lot different um, being a mother, like and being on twenty four seven, than just going yeah. to your job and then getting home because you're never off 
when you're, you're a mom, you know, you have to always be on. So yeah. 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 I completely, yeah, I agree that like, doing the last minute plans is hard because you have to prepare for your child. Like you have to make sure they have something to eat, make sure that even though we all have partners that can help us and do help us, um, and are great parents as well, but it is, um, I always say it's like the mom guilt is so real mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. like being going away or like feeling like you, you literally can't just walk out the door. Mm -hmm. You think about, okay, do they have food? Are they going to take it out? Are you going to do this? Like a deep, it's almost like a deep brief session with your husband um, or partner. And you just have to figure it out before you go. And um, sometimes, and I don't know if you guys do this, but for me, I always have to assess whether it's worth, being away from my child to, to, I don't just go to any plans anymore. I'll have to make sure it's a, it's a valuable use of my time because that time that I'm with taking away from my child is precious. It's precious. Yeah. yeah. That's why I like the after bedtime. Cause I feel like they're already asleep. I now can, without be feeling guilty, I could go out, mm -hmm. but then I'm exhausted. So I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. And as Njiza mentioned that I went back to work at 12 months, I didn't take the 18 month term and my husband and I were discussing if there's a business that we can purchase or is there anything that I could do that w wouldn't mean me being away from our child. But I think at that point I was just having cold feet about being away from her. But once we put her in daycare, we got a rhythm, we got a routine. It made it more healthy for me to be out of the house and just be at work and letting my child learn tools and skills at daycare. And that's what worked for us. It was difficult at first, but after a while, we got into a groove. And with my friends, um, some people have stayed, some people haven't, um, just because, I don't know, our parties are, are different or they, they don't see things the way I do. And sometimes it's hard to connect with people who maybe don't have the same life experiences or you, you end up losing your way somehow in between. So made new friends and um, heard some old ones who weren't able to connect with anymore on that level or maybe we're just more acquaintances now but that's how things have been since daycare mm -hmm. and the mom guilt is definitely real I feel it every single day but <laughs> do my best to put that in the back of my head so it's not like the first thing in, in front of mind and feeling like I have to attain these unrealistic goals that I set out for myself so that um, I'm being my most authentic self for my kid and for my friends and family mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I think that, yeah, that's so true. It's just, you need to not have those unrealistic expectations of yourself. You need to um, be realistic and try to do, you know, you know, give yourself grace. And that's my like, biggest advice. And you guys can share what advice you would give to anyone becoming a new mom or are currently a mom and are struggling. But um, for me, for being a mom, my biggest advice is just give yourself grace. You know, nobody says you have to be perfect. Nobody says that you have to do everything every day. Um, a lot of things you see online are just guidelines. They're not, you know, you don't have to do it. Like Roshni said, like you don't have to give every single food group to your kids. No, but I have to interject day. here. And Jezza knows more than anybody <laughs> else. I would text her every single day. I look, look this up. Is this normal? Is this normal? Is my kid drinking enough milk? Is she eating enough? The is her food right? Yeah. I'm overthinker. And I used to text her every time. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And she's like, why are you Googling everything? Yeah, get off Google, Roshni. <laughs> But honestly, yeah, you just have to, you know, there's days when my daughter, all she has is fruit and, you know, all the fruit fruit's great, but like to have that all day, that's a high level of sugar. There's no protein, there's no vegetables, but that's just today. Tomorrow she might have her vegetables and the day after, and I'm not going to stress out about it, but that's my biggest advice is just give yourself grace, be an imperfect mom and like 
and have a good men- mental state as opposed to being a perfect mom and then um, not having a good mental state. That's the most, your kid only needs your love and affection. They don't need fancy gourmet meals. They don't need all this other stuff, but they just need you as their parent to be there present with them. So um, if that means you just give them Chef Boyardee every day. <laughs> I mean, don't do that, but <laughs> if you do, that's okay. Do you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you. And then for friends, I would say friends and family. When someone's becoming a new mom, my biggest thing is don't just ask about the kid. Ask about the mom because a lot of people will say like, how's your kid? Or is your kid sleeping well? Is your kid doing this? But nobody ever asks, how are you as a mom? Because you also are brand new. Your life also changed. Um, and everything like that. And, um, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Just, just ask how the mom's doing because they also just had, you know, just had a huge thing happen. Yeah. 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 Well, and I was going to say too, like, um, I think the biggest thing that I've been working on, um, is, you know, like trying to stay calm and not stress, say when Caleb's not eating well or anything, because they totally feed off of the way you're feeling. So if you're stressed and, you know, losing it, then they're going to do that. You just, you need to be calm and patient. And sometimes it's hard, but, um, yeah, you just got to keep on trying. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I agree. And also just be like for friends and family, just like be, like you said, like be forgiving. Like if your friend's late, um, don't have expectations for them to be early. And actually I would, I don't know if you guys feel like this, but I would like actually ask, like, I would want my friends to actually text me. Like if I'm supposed to meet them, let's say at like 4 PM text me and be like, Hey, like, don't worry, don't rush, take your time. I'm in no rush. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that little thing that like just relieves the pressure off you. Cause you already know you may or may not be running late, but it just relaxes you that, you know, you can then take a bit more time to just get ready and get settled in, in the car and everything. Cause, um, yeah, like, like I can't remember, maybe Victoria, you said it, but like you literally can't just leave the house instantly for the last minute. It's like, you have to haul. It's like at least an hour <laughs> of just like getting everything together. And like, you know, makeup half the time is out the door. Like you, you're, you just got to get out of the door. So you don't, you know, I you gotta find my, my hair isn't like straightened or anything. I, I definitely, yeah, um, my hair. The, the natural <laughs> approach <laughs> is here now. Yeah. It's probably going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Roshi actually, during this quarantine time, she said she's no longer wearing makeup. And then I thought, you know what? I spent so much time doing makeup. I'm not going to do makeup either. <laughs> you know? And you know how much quicker you can get out the door when you don't do your hair and makeup? So true. And it's so much harder to do your hair and makeup, say, if your husband or whoever you're with um, isn't home. It Like, doing your makeup while your kid is just, like, pulling on your leg it's it, mm. really worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually have one of those, like, um, not extra saucer, but one of those, you know, that, um, thing that you put them in and it has like all the little things around oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just the standing one, not mm-hmm. the one that moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put Amelia in there. I still do. Oh, we packed her up. Caleb got some tall. How did she, well, I guess well, her, her feet just ended up being on the floor. Okay. So she doesn't sit in the seat anymore, but I do, if I have to get ready, That's I either put her in her crib now Actually, I don't put her in that anymore because she did outgrow it when she was climbing out. But now we just put her in her crib. Um, you can use Caleb's crib. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I got to use it for something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, what is there any other pieces of advice that you would like to share to anyone being one. a mom? Um, I, I would say that my biggest advice is to have a really good support system. 
and to make friends with people who are on the same journey as you, maybe having a child um, so that you can confide in them and just have somebody to connect with you. Um, that would be the biggest one. And like Anjosa said, just be forgiving because you're not yeah. going to get it right the first time around. And it doesn't matter if you get it right as long as you learn and you're happy with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel um, like um, I'm so grateful for the friendships that I've made through like having Caleb. Like I, I don't think we would have met yeah. mm -hmm. unless uh, unless I had him. And um, it's really nice to have others to relate to. And, you know, you can compare what you're going through and give each other advice. And like you said, a good support system yeah. that really helps. Yeah, I completely agree with the support system. And, you know, um, I know a lot of people, they may feel like, you know, how am I going to find mom friends? How am I going to even create this community for myself? But one thing I'll say, and you, you guys can, you know, share if you wish, but none of us knew each other. Um, until we got pregnant. So Roshni and I actually, we did prenatal classes together, but we didn't actually like talk or exchange numbers until after we had our kids and we did at the reunion. Um, Roshni actually approached me and asked if we, you know, could I made exchange. The move. <laughs> she made the move. If we could exchange numbers so our kids can hang out and we can connect as well. And then we were, um, I joined this Facebook group and Roshni did as well for moms in our area. There's tons of them. Honestly, go on Facebook, there's a hundred. Hundreds in every single area you probably think of. Um, and don't be shy because in that group, then one day Victoria just posted saying, hey, I have a son who's five months old. Um, does anybody in the neighborhood want to go for a walk? And then obviously we like got on that. We, we messaged her right away and we weren't shy about it. And again, Roshi made the first move and went <laughs> up with Victoria <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to test the water to see if she was, you know, it's was, safe yeah. and it's okay. <laughs> And then, uh, and then we, and then I invited um, Victoria and Roshi and a couple other moms over to my place, and that's really how we met. And then we just continued to hang out. Um, and so, so this, you know, we weren't friends from before being pregnant uh, or having kids at all, and we just created this life for ourselves because this was important to us. And even this weekend, being in Harrison, we talked about this when we booked this trip that um, with the, with the three of us and Priyanka that. Um, you know, being young, we kind of always dreamed of having these like family vacations with different families where our kids were the same age and they could hang out. And then we created this life by making these friendships and fostering and nourishing them and actually being here on this trip. Um, and it's been pretty awesome to see the kids finally hang out because they've all, I mean, other than Naya, who actually goes to daycare with a few kids, but um, with Caleb, well, Caleb sees more kids too than Amelia does, but um but actually being able to have them interact and have three days where they can hang out with someone their age. It's been awesome. And they've been having a great time as well. So cute. I love when they act like little goofballs. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so fun watching their personalities grow together. And because, you know, we met when they were only like five months old, it's crazy to look back at where they were and now where they are. Yeah. Melts my heart. <laughs> yeah. We just, we, we tried to recreate a photo yesterday from, when they were from last summer, actually, yeah, last they're summer, like right? six months old or something. Yeah, that was insane. Like they they had changed a lot mm -hmm. since then. But yeah, so thank you both for joining me today, and I appreciate you know you guys taking the offer. I kind of um, pushed this upon them a bit, but <laughs> they were so encouraging and they were so lovely to join me today. So um, if anyone has any questions, please connect with me. Um, and again, our biggest recommendation is just create a mom group around yourself. 
Um, and we've also actually made our husbands like each other. They <laughs> went for six hours of golf yesterday. That was more than we wanted them to go yeah, for, yeah. but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> They're bonding. Um, but yeah, so like we've created this life for ourselves. And my biggest advice is, yeah, give grace, create the community around you because that'll help you so much. And, you know, just take it easy and relax. And for those of you that don't have kids, but your friends do, just be there for your friend. Um, encourage them, love them, and give them grace as well. Thank awesome. You. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much for listening to this end of this episode. Um, if you could like and subscribe to us and share on all your social media accounts with your family and friends to help us grow, that would be great. And like we said, remember, you're, you can catalyze your life from ordinary to extraordinary. And it all starts with you. All right, so we'll see you next week. Bye.